New athletic director at Wisconsin, Chris McIntosh, played for Barry Alvarez, the Don, in the 90s. A couple of Rose Bowls, a couple of Big Ten titles, went on to be a Seattle Seahawk, you know, drafted. And then uh, 2014, a part of the athletic department, then became deputy AD in 2017. Now, flash forward to yesterday, the Board of Regents said, you know what? You're the next guy. You are the new hire. You are the athletic director. Mm-hmm. And RJ, they only had 35 applicants. Is that shocking of how, does it sound like there would be a lot more than 35? Or that's a big-time job to be coming into. Maybe people are like, well, I'm not qualified for this. Why would I even bother? I would think anybody uh, who saw the opening at Wisconsin, you know, outside of a few athletic departments, uh, would want to apply for that job. Yeah. Rowdy, what do you think? Well, I'm just saying... It's wild just in today's day and age that you only have, for, especially for a job of that high of profile, yeah. only 35, 40-ish people that are applying. Because I remember talking to uh, a guy that worked actually as a police officer about how, this was a few years ago, about how tough it was finding good people and the correct people. Because you'll have like between a few hundred and a couple thousand people apply yeah. for yeah. a few positions. Yeah. Now this this AD yeah. of Madison, University of Wisconsin Madison only has 35 people apply. You get a good chunk of money, you get a big recognition, you get a lot of luxuries with it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but also you got a big job to do. I, honestly, I was shocked cuz I didn't hear the number before it came out of the, uh, at that press conference. And it it just seemed odd to me that i mean you get more applicants for a football coach's job that's already determined yeah well, All right, well I, have- I think it's surprising because how many times do you see like job applications out there where it'll be like Okay, people know that they have like absolutely no shot. Oh, I mean, at I get them the all job, the time. Yeah, but you still fill it out and you do it just in case for some reason. Yeah, they make a mistake. Yeah, <laughs> Rowdy, if we post a job here, I'll get I'll get all kinds of uh, you know applicants and resumes that people that aren't even in the same realm or league I, of the radio career. I I, mean, re- I remember having a, a science teacher. But hey, shoot your shooter, shoot, shoot your in son. junior high that would apply to NASA to become a um, astronaut every single time they had applications available. And obviously, this guy was nowhere near qualified. Did not even fit like the, you know, like the fitness test stuff. But he goes, "Damn it, I want to be. I want to be. I want to try and be an astronaut." That's funny. But he'd always frame his rejection letter. That's funny. Well, how about this? Let's go to the phones. 605. 608-321-1670. This guy's always qualified to call in. Corey, what's up, dude? Good morning. How are you doing? We're doing good. We were just uh, moonlighting as uh, cable technicians for Charlie (laughs) last segment, so we're doing good, man. Well, we all need help with that from time to time. You know how that goes. Yeah. Any any question um, about the box, Corey, just let us know, okay? (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, the uh, AD (laughs) question. That was actually a... I'm glad to hear one of the big J's in Wisconsin actually that covers, you know, like a team that we that were interested in actually kind of asked a difficult, yeah, maybe not a difficult question, but like an actual question with substance instead of just a rah rah type question. Yeah, it's rare for I, Wisconsin media to do to do that too. <laughs> correct. And so, like, I kind of see where RJ was kind of bringing up the point that like that's kind of low for that what we consider a high profile position. And I tend to kind of come down on, I think in my opinion, and I have no 
you know, inside knowledge of this, but I think Alvarez kind of like runs that place with like a, not necessarily an iron fist, but I, I'm presuming, I'm guessing it feels like there's like a culture that kind of runs through the athletic department of like everybody that's kind of like his guy or his person is the one that's kind of going yeah. to, they all, you know, told the company line. The, right. That's going to be, so there's a little bit of, um, wouldn't be nepotism, but, I don't know what you would call it, but no, I know what you're saying. Yeah, it's, no, it's yeah. as close so, as you can get without being family. So yeah, they're, they're, I understand right. what they're you're football, saying. Bro, they're football brothers. So like, I get when like somebody that's a good leader sees like they see leadership qualities in somebody else and say, "I want that type of person kind of following up behind me." Like you always want to be training the person that's re- going to be replacing you. That's what a good leader does. Yeah, but like you can also run the risk of being a little bit myopic and getting a little bit. Like, I'll, Paul Chris still calls him Coach Alvarez from time to time, like when they would be on, you know, like his radio shows and stuff yeah. like that. Always kind of like, I'm like, I don't know, maybe I'm just being overly. Well, I mean, is it a, is it a guess, bad? But it's kind like, of odd to me, you know what I'm saying? It is odd. I'm trying to, like, think if it's, like, a bad thing, if it's, you know, I, I, I don't know what it is because to RJ's point, it was, well, Barry Alvarez made those statements a while back, basically saying he wanted Chris McIntosh, right. but then also kind of walked it back a little later saying, you know, I don't want to be the guy to – I don't have the exact comments. I don't remember exactly. I'll have to go get them. But he kind of walked it back later. But it was it was kind of the worst-kept secret in the room, right, Corey? Like, you knew right. kind of that Chris McIntosh would be the AD. Correct. So, like, anyways, that's my two cents on that. And Yeah, hey, I hope I have nothing but the best I'm... for the guy. I have comments upcoming from him, so hopefully he can uh, win us over a little more. I'm not, I'm not like – I'm not hating it or anything. No, so, I think it's a good choice. Yeah, it's same. more just like from the outside, like hmm, you know, you kind of like stroke your chin, like, well, that's interesting totally. type thing. So, well, Corey, I'll, I'll, I'll play some that, comments. I'll play some comments that, coming uh, up soon. I want to say I'm glad to hear about that Luigi's up in Shawano because I might have to make a detour next time I'm heading up deer hunting and stop by there and get some food. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, yeah, we enjoyed it, and it, it came three hours away for us too. So it was, it was good. The half orders. It was half orders we had. Yes. Yeah. Nice. And, and, then, and it was plenty of food. <laughs> the weird foods thing that you guys are talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess it's more like a collective, like, state oddity of food about having cannibal burgers at oh, dude, yeah. wedding yeah. reception. Oh, yeah, those like, are awesome. Anybody else looks at that? Like, my wife's cousin saw us doing that, and he lives in Kentucky. He's like, what is this that you guys are eating? I'm like, this is raw beef. Yeah. He's like, really? He's like, I'm like, it tastes good. Yeah. You got to have it. Get so, some rye crackers, some onions. You're good to go, man. Totally. Yeah. Have fun at Beer Fest. <laughs> I think <laughs> that's the, that's the first post-COVID Beer Fest. I'd say start hydrating now and <laughs> yeah, bring a lot of Gatorade. For next weekend. Not this weekend, but next weekend that's, I'm up there to go and get saying. after it. Yeah. Start yeah, hydrating now. Start you're now. in your 30s now. You're not a young man <laughs> you're, anymore. You're, you're not lying, man. I'm still recovering <laughs> right. from uh, the Memorial Day weekend. All right, thanks, Corey. See, See you later. Buddy. See you, man. Bye. 35 applicants is what it was it, that applied for the new athletic director position. Yeah. and Or the open on, athletic honestly, director. Honestly, it was probably... Here, I'm going to play two from Rebecca Blank, and then we'll get to Macintosh next. Here is the Chancellor talking about only being 35 applicants. Yeah, I just say, I don't think numbers are a very good metric here. Um, you know, this is one of the top programs in the country, and there's a limited number of people who are really ready to move into this job. Um, and a good number of those we had in the pool. And um, at the end of the day, all you really need is one candidate who's the right candidate. Um, so, I, uh, you know, I, I don't think you can tell much by numbers. Crazy how that one candidate having to be in-house already. 
Yeah, we all and kind of basically already knew it. picked by Barry Alvarez already. She also said she, every person she spoke with said it was important that someone knew the ins and outs of what Wisconsin is. As well as really feeling this place has to perform, perform in lots of different ways. And, you know, that is what I said, you know, whoever you hire, make sure they understand that. Make sure that they can continue that. And in that sense, you know, that's the one uniform message that everyone gave me. Rowdy, do you have something? Yeah, I'm just uh, happy that we're hearing these comments and that she's using the correct line of communication. Oh, yeah, not like a private server email? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, it's... I, it's amazing that everybody on this committee conveyed the same message. Oh, well, I mean, that's the message I would convey, too. Like, right. yo, they got to understand what Wisconsin is. True, but everybody conveyed the same message. She also then doubled back and said, well, they didn't specifically all say that. Yeah, here's another one about the importance of hiring someone about understanding what Wisconsin is. The um, one thing that absolutely everyone said was, don't threaten the Wisconsin way. Now, they said that in different words and in different ways, but everyone clearly felt that we have some formula here that we have been effective at, and it means more than just winning on the field, though it does mean that. It means strong academics, attention to student well-being, a feeling about Wisconsin of loyalty i mean yeah your, your ad even went away from the wisconsin way for one hire are you talking gary anderson yeah oh my god well and then he never did it he's like i'm gonna do right. that again but it, honestly gary i mean anderson i thought we'd go a day without listening here about gary anderson we so have, yeah, kind of a about, while we gotta talk about jordan love coming up too by the way oh, no you don't well, he's at practice matt lafleur talked about him Doesn't you know you know who to. you know who tainted Jordan Love, who poisoned that water well his final year? Gary Anderson. Somebody poisoned the water hole? Yeah, Gary Anderson. Oh, yeah, that's true. Stinker. Forgot about that. Way to go. Who brought up Gary Anderson? Rebecca Blank. (laughs) RJ, actually. (laughs) 35 applicants. It it, it just seems like a very low number, but that could be because industry-wide, people knew who it was already going to be. Based off of comments, I got it, RJ. I got it, RJ. Yeah, everyone's complaining lately how no one wants to work, and you know they can't like get anyone to work anywhere lately. Same thing goes, yeah, for your local bars, restaurants, you know, service industry. No one wants to go back. Must apply for the AD job too. No one wanted to work anymore. Yeah, they just wanted to rest on their laurels, sit back and watch. I mean, I think collect unemployment. They could probably make considerably more <laughs> by being an AD somewhere than staying Oh, yeah, home. I guess you do get a pretty good salary. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen those houses that they live in. Yeah, yeah it's pretty nice. That's pretty nice. Talking the new hire, Chris McIntosh, the athletic director now, replacing Barry Alvarez for Wisconsin. We heard a little bit from Rebecca Blank, the chancellor, talking about how everyone in the search committee was saying how important it was to hire someone who understands what Wisconsin truly is. And I think Barry Alvarez, in his tenure, RJ and Nelson over here, I think in his tenure, Barry Alvarez understood and knew what Wisconsin was and did that, I would say, for almost every single hire and move that he made outside of maybe one when it comes to a money-making sport in Gary Anderson. Yeah, I don't, there's nothing else you really can say. Yeah, was bad. For uh, I guess in money making sports, I mean the dude one was a part of you know a lot of trophies, a lot of national titles, um, and a lot of obviously revenue well, generated. We kind of talk about 
the Green Bay Packers with Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers going from one to the other and it, you know, basically extending 30 years. Mm -hmm. I think you can say the exact same thing for the Wisconsin Badgers. Like you've had two really quality ADs right in a row. And now you're hoping to find your third in a row. And you're hoping to find a a third quarterback in a row with Jordan Love, potentially. All right, so on that, uh, the next athletic director is Chris McIntosh. Here is his reaction on being named athletic director. It was overwhelming. There was a tremendous amount of emotion. It was surreal. At the same time, I felt very proud. It's a tremendous honor and a tremendous opportunity and a tremendous responsibility. All of those emotions collided at that moment, and I'm still grappling with those. It's been a whirlwind the last couple of days, but it's been an incredible experience, and, and I couldn't be more excited about the future. Uh, he also talks about how he reacted when he saw Alvarez for the first time after getting the position. This process of the last few days had been well underway. I hadn't had really an opportunity to talk to him. You know, when I saw him yesterday in person uh, after the weekend, it was just a big hug. It was just, it was a big warm hug uh, and a smile and an embrace that, you know, I'll never forget. Yes, RJ? Almost makes it seem like he wasn't around. Hmm. Well, here's this. McIntosh was asked if he believed he was groomed to be Alvarez's replacement by the Don. Here's McIntosh on that. I wouldn't use the word grooming. Uh, maybe he would, but that's not how I viewed it. Barry has a, a style, a management style or a leadership style of hiring people and letting them do their job, but also holding them up to a level of accountability, high expectations. That was his style when he was a coach. That's been his style as the athletic director. From my perspective, that's what I've experienced. Has a style of letting hiring people and letting them do their job, yet... When Brett Bielema was hired as head coach, they used to go on walks, discuss football philosophy, and how to run a football program. So Bielema was kind of the exception to the rule, apparently. And that was actually the last time Brett Bielema went for walks. (laughs) That might be true. (laughs) Then when he went on walks, they eventually needed someone to tail him just to make sure he wasn't... uh, those are scampering called, away somewhere those aren't, else. Those aren't walks, Ebo. Those are those are strolls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> uh, more from McIntosh here. Uh, he talks about, you know, d- this. He says this opportunity feels almost like when he was offered a scholarship back in '94. This opportunity feels much like the opportunity that I was given when I was offered a scholarship here in 1994. It was surreal. It's significant. It's going to come with an incredible amount of work. There will be challenging days ahead, but man, oh, man, can it be rewarding and can it be impactful. And um, that's what I'm most excited about. All right, so he was also was talking about how, you know, this is pretty tough. You not only have to follow a guy who's got his own statue, but last time I checked, Pat Richter also has a statue too, right, RJ? Yep. So you got to follow two guys that both have statues. Now, he, one's on your left, one's, one's on, on your, your right, right as you walk into the building that holds your office. He was asked on that. He was asked about entering his office and walking past both of their statues. Here's more from Chris McIntosh. Two great men in the history of our university and our program. I had the privilege of, of being a student athlete under Pat Richter's leadership, and, and obviously everyone knows my experience with Barry. You know, the, the statue is not a motivator to me. I think it's probably a losing po- proposition to try to compare it to Barry. I'm a, I'm a different person than Barry is. And he talks about that coming up, but first, here's another thing, talking about the challenges that he faces 
much different than when Pat Richter came and much different when Barry Alvarez took over. The challenges that our program has faced in the past, you know, Barry and Pat caused our program to be risen out of the ashes. The challenges are different today. The context is different today, and it'll require a different style of leadership and a different approach, and I'm confident that the approach we take will position us well in the future. So on things being different, Man, I just, I'm still thinking about you having to walk past a statue on your left and your right of the two previous athletic directors, and that's your new role. <laughs> Talk about intimidating. Your next goal is to be the one in the middle, <laughs> well, yeah, blocking the door. <laughs> you're the door. Like you're the whole, you're like uh, you got to be opened up. Here, here he is, uh, more from McIntosh talking about his personality and his style. Much different than Barry Alvarez. Certainly my style is different than Barry's. It always has. Barry has his own unique style. It's been well documented. You know, swagger is a term that he has trademarked. I have my own style, and I am comfortable with who I am. Certainly it's different than Barry's, but I think for me it's about being authentic to who I am, being authentic to what this experience has meant to me, and being passionate about making sure that this experience can change the lives of young people going forward. I mean, the dude's killing it at his press conference. Chris McIntosh had yeah. a fantastic press conference yesterday. He was absolutely crushing it, saying all the right things, very confident, and you could tell it was just a guy that was ready to take that mantle. Well, I don't think that Wisconsin would hire someone that wasn't ready. Correct. Correct. Like, like he, they knew that he, or he would know in the in the. Wisconsin as a whole would know he's going to have to speak well. He's going to have to, you know, do all these things well, or else the first time he'd, he'd open and, and talk in a presser, they'd be like, how Whoa. the hell did you hire this guy? Be like uh, those two new uh, hires in the NFL, those coaches. Um, what was it for? The Eagles, Rowdy, and the who's the other coach that was like unhinged? It escapes but, me. But even more, even more for an athletic director's yeah, perspective oh yeah. because – if you got a guy that's if already up there sweating, if you have a football shaking. coach, I don't care what he sounds like in a presser because I only care about what he does on the field. If you're an AD, you're supposed to be the head of the athletic department. Yeah, you're you're yeah. supposed to be in charge where you're you're front and center. You're giving the orders. You're you're making the decisions. It's a good point. You're yeah. gonna have to be able to be good at public speaking. Yep. And one more. Speaking of public speaking, the last clip I have from Chris McIntosh's uh, presser yesterday, being named a new athletic director. He talks about what it's all about for him, the student-athlete experience. Um, well, the biggest the point that he has just instilled in me that will not change is the necessity or the, the need to put our student-athletes first in all of our decisions. What's right for our student-athletes? What's right for our young people? That is the guiding principle that has led us to be successful for so many years. And, and I don't expect that's going to change. So there you go. There's a, That's it. That's all the ones I, I find I it funny. So I believe he's the 11th uh, athletics director in Wisconsin history. And prior to him, there is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of them have been either players or coaches for the football team. So he'd be the eighth. Wow. Hey, they keep they keep it within the company, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. And Carl. Some, some of them were uh, athletic director at the same time they were uh, <laughs> football coach. So, uh, J. A. Krebs. Two two comments here. J. A. Krebs says, "Am I the only one that thinks that Barry is still the boss and everything is still going to get run by him?" <laughs> I can still see him, you know, wandering around, and be like, hey. "Hey." I mean, would it be surprising if he still had Macintosh's ear? No. No. 
Hey, you do it this way. Hey, do it that way. No, no. And would that be a bad thing, though? But it, the weird thing is they, they also have that little portion where they were talking about things to keep the same and Wisconsin way, blah, 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 all that. But they wouldn't go into things they wanted to change. They talked. I just they the, guys, kept, the guy's first day of the job. But no, no, no. It was broached. And that was, Rebecca Blank said, it's the reason the changes he wanted to make yeah. were the reasons I we decided to go with it. But, I mean, at that point, talk about it. We'll, we'll hopefully have many years for him to talk about it, RJ. Also, one last comment. Our guy Carl on Twitch.tv, he says... Wow, McIntosh didn't talk about biting any kneecaps. What a waste of a presser. Just like the new Lions head coach is talking about. Well, they didn't ask what happens if you get knocked down. So we get knocked down, we're gonna when we get up, we're gonna bite your kneecap, we're gonna punch in the throat. We get knocked down again, we're coming for your other kneecap. Gonna gouge an eye, throat punch you again. I can't believe that we didn't think of this. But I guess it goes. That I guess we didn't stoop to that level as I we have the TV on here in the studio. And I looked up in between some NBA highlights last night. I look up and there's a picture of Aaron Rodgers wearing the obviously the Green Bay Packers garb. Then they flash to Matt LaFleur and Brian Gudekunst. And then the the was it the cryon, the little thing at the bottom, said Baywatch. Rodgers. Packers, Baywatch. Why did we not think of that, Rowdy? Are we 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 weren't going to stoop to that level, right? The only thing I was thinking of Pamela Anderson back in the day and those two big cannons. I wasn't thinking about calling it Baywatch. Last time we talked about Baywatch, we were talking about the uh, Rock. Oh yeah, the reboot, reboot with uh, Rock and uh, what was the other guy in it? Uh, Zach Efron. Zach Efron and that smoke and that's show. Where, yeah, that's where I said that Rogers. Went- went wrong yeah rogers was quickly dating God, i know oh. she looks like but i don't remember her name no we looked it up is it kelly Rohrbach? yeah that's the one that's the one the uh the reboot of baywatch as yeah she definitely played the role the the pamela anderson role very well should have won an oscar for that performance the rowdy baywatch this is what we've stooped to or not we i guess but i'm making fun of it now but what the major networks have stooped to, Baywatch, as there's literally no information. It's, it's, it's what we've always known the whole time. Rodgers is mad. The Packers aren't going to trade him. What's going to happen? And he's in Hawaii with you know his fiance, Shailene Woodley, loves his B-list actresses, and Miles Teller and his wife, and he got punched in the face because he didn't pay $60,000 for his wedding. So... There you go. Here you go. Here's Baywatch's theme song. I'm watching Pamela Anderson bounce around on the beach. It's awesome. Hi, Rowdy. But speaking of this, here. So you have the major networks out there talking nonstop about Rodgers, 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 Rodgers. Well, when it actually comes to Aaron Rodgers, there's literally not much to say. Oh, oh, let me just oh, let me just get rid of that Baywatch music there. Uh, Matt LaFleur was asked about Aaron Rodgers. And if he thinks because mandatory minicamp starts next Tuesday. That's when it becomes mandatory. If he's going to, you know, show up or not. If he does, then I think everything's going to be right in the world. If he doesn't, well, we're going to have a bigger problem here, and then Rogers is going to be start finding, uh, getting fined fifty thousand dollars a day. Matt Lafleur was asked about Rogers. 
You have the 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 four letter network and the big networks. Baywatch. Well, here's what they have to talk about because this is what Matt Lafleur said about Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I've I've got nothing to update on that situation, and um, you guys all know how we feel about it. Do you expect him to be here? It is mandatory. Yeah, I, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, it come Tuesday. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. There it is. Yeah, I don't know. That doesn't sound very promising, right? Do you expect him to be here? It is mandatory. Yeah, I, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, it come Tuesday. <laughs> well, last time I checked, Rogers in Hawaii, uh, looking like he's getting pretty pie-eyed and singing karaoke and wandering around in the in the tropics of whatever island he's on. There's your update on Rodgers. I have no idea. How about this, though, Rowdy? Jordan Love. That's, uh, last time I checked, that's the heir apparent for the Green Bay Packers. I don't think Blake Bortles is going to be. Don't you think it's It's Jordan also Love? been documented quite a bit here so far in the start of these uh, training camps that, that that's QB1. Mm-hmm. In fact, LaFleur is asking about Jordan Love. He says Jordan's got a lot to improve before training camp starts. He had limited a reps last year, and some of these plays that we're asking him to go out there and execute, he may have ran only once or twice throughout the course of the preseason. So I just think there's a lot of learning going on right now. And we want to get it to a point where he's not out there thinking about his footwork. He's not thinking about the timing. It's automatic, and he can go out there and focus on the little details. What does LaFleur sound more confident in, Jordan Love or Aaron Rodgers showing up next week? Play that again. Just the whole thing? He had limited a reps last year, and some of these plays that we're asking him to go out there and execute, he may have ran only once or twice throughout <laughs> the course of the preseason. So I just think there's a lot of learning going on right I now. I think he and sounds we want to... more confident in Jordan Love. Okay, But it's not like he's brimming with confidence. <laughs> Here's more from LaFleur on he, love. He almost shut down the first question. He wanted to get that uh, first statement about Aaron Rodgers showing up out of the way as quick as possible. Yeah, I've, I've got nothing to update on that situation, and um, you guys all know how we feel about it. Do you expect him to be here? It is mandatory. Yeah, I, I don't know. We'll see uh, it come Tuesday. <laughs> Here's LaFleur. That was LaFleur and Rodgers showing up. Here's LaFleur again on the work done by Jordan Love in the offense. Today was the first time that we've had a competitive period that wasn't seven on seven. So I think there was definitely some learning for everybody on the offensive side. It was a little bit of a rough day for the offense, but typically oh this time of the year, I think that's pretty normal. Okay, he does sound a little more confident in Jay Love than Rogers showing up, but that's that's not saying much. Well, that's why I said it's not a... <laughs> <laughs> this cup doesn't overflow it with confidence for either situation, but uh, I'd God. say there's a little bit more with Jordan Love because he knows that guy's actually there. Yeah, here's more. Uh, but one thing that concerns me with this comment is how can you say that the guy that if Aaron Rodgers doesn't show up or he gets traded or whatever, or he retires, how can you say that that guy only got one or two reps out of all these plays in the preseason I know that there wasn't really a preseason. I know that the last year, yeah, last year, and I know that the practice schedule was moved around. But you got you can't tell me that he has only run every single play one or two times. He still had all regular season. Whether well, Brody, he was whether he was someone had or, to wear the tracksuit. Okay? Whether he was suited up or not, he still was in practice every day. Someone had to wear the tracksuit and look good on the sidelines. Jordan Love, I guess, was the eye candy last season. But Matt LaFleur says he's happy with Love so far. He's really attacking it the right way. The focus is there, the work ethic, and and just he, he's grinding away and trying to get a little bit better each and every day. 
Now, again, I'm going to go back to uh, the confidence. Usually when we have these Matt LaFleur press conferences, it the past couple times, specifically on Aaron Rodgers, it kind of sounds like he was starting to tear up and cry a little bit. This one, Rowdy, when asked if he's happy with Jordan Love, it so earlier in the show we had comments from Chris McIntosh, the new Wisconsin Athletic Director. I would say Chris McIntosh, in the clips we played from his presser, sounded very confident. Wouldn't you say Chris McIntosh sounded very confident? Yeah, I mean, it's, it was his first day on a big-time job. Yeah. And, and he sounded very confident. He seems like he is uh, well-to-do for that position. Now, let me play again Matt LaFleur's comments here. He was <laughs> asked if he's happy with Jordan Love so far. And let me, let me let, listen in really close. And let me ask you afterwards, I'm going to ask you right now, then ask you again, how confident does the floor sound? We had Chris McIntosh earlier. I know it's apples and oranges, but still a press conference. Chris McIntosh sounded very confident taking the new role from Barry Alvarez as athletic director. Here's Matt LaFleur, who's got his feet wet for a couple years now about doing press conferences, asked about how happy he is with Jordan Love so far. How confident does Matt LaFleur sound? He's really attacking it the right way. The focus is there, the work ethic, and and just he's grinding away and trying to get a little bit better each and every day. A lot of stumbling. But what about Blake Bortles? You know, I think Blake's coming along well. He's got some familiarity with a lot of the concepts, and some of the names might be a little bit different than what he's accustomed to, but he's really working hard, and I think he's picked it up pretty quickly. He's a smart guy, and he loves football. Okay, Matt LaFleur sounds a lot more confident about Blake Bortles yeah, he does. than he does about Jordan Love. Yeah, he does. And But do you remember when we were listing off all of the backup quarterbacks about who was out there, who was available, and who would be scheme fits? Yeah. And remember our top three that we came up with? Nick Mullins. Nick Mullins was number one. Blake Bortles was number two. And Brian Hoyer was number three. (laughs) Reason being why Nick Mullins and Blake Bortles were one and two is, well, one, they've shown the most ability when actually playing out of the majority of those guys that were left on the scrap heap. Mm -hmm. And two, Blake Bortles had a relationship with uh, Hackett in Jacksonville when he was the quarterback there. And then he also went out and played backup for half the season with Sean McVay, which we also know Matt LaFleur, Sean McVay, and Kyle Shanahan were all in the same system together. They all kind of came up together and then branched out. And then obviously Nick Mullins was the one that probably played the, I would say, best out of all those three at the highest level at a short period of time. But he also was in the Kyle Shanahan tree. Again, that LaFleur, Shanahan, and McVay came from. So it makes sense that he's picking it up fast. He has some familiarity. He's working with a coach and a system that he's been with before. And he's been to an NFC title game, Rowdy. I mean, you could say the run game and the defense did it, but Blake Bortles was there. Yeah, Blake Bortles three, four years ago. Played decently well. He had a good run game. He had a good offensive line. He had a good defense, but he played decently well. His numbers weren't going to jump out at you as, holy crap, this guy is amazing. But he took them to the AFC Championship game, and they should have beat Tom Brady and the Patriots in that game. Correct. <laughs> but, yes, he, he sounds, sounds very way confident. more confident about Blake Bortles than he does Jordan Love, which is a bit alarming, especially if Aaron Rodgers doesn't show up. Yeah, because I, I don't think Blake Bortles is going to be the heir apparent to uh, take the mantle from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers to the boat. Say say Aaron <laughs> Rodgers takes his medicine, you know, swallows his pride, come, ba- come back into uh, Packers training camp here, and they're obviously now they have four quarterbacks in camp. And 
they end up keeping three. And by three, I'm talking, obviously, Aaron Rodgers, Blake Bortles, and Jordan Love. And then for the second straight year, Jordan Love doesn't suit up. If if that if that I don't even know if the front office and don't put that in the existence. Matt Rowdy. Lafleur could ever even admit that, even if that was the case where Blake Bortles was the true number two and and Love wasn't ready, because that makes them look so bad, bad that they traded up to get this quarterback, and now for a second year, you don't have the COVID excuse this year. Nope. He's now in the training camp. He's in the off-season program. He's going to be in the mini camp. He's going to have the preseason. If he still is a guy that you would elect to have Blake Bortles over, you messed up, and you messed up bad. You done and effed up. You done effed up. That's where you'd have to admit that you were you lost Aaron Rodgers on this one, and, and you need to uh, get rid of Jordan Love, or at the very least cater a little more to Aaron Rodgers. You gone because that's up. a disaster. That is, that is a disaster. And we're gonna start right here with Led Zeppelin, "All of My Love," because on Thursdays there's nothing but love. All of my love for Rob Reichel, Forbes.com, Conley Media. Robbie, what's up, dude? All your love for Jordan Love. <laughs> yes, well done, all Rob Reichel. All my love for Jordan Love. So, <laughs> Rob, what's up, man? That was the long great weekend. Great music, my friend. Great job. Well, Robbie, I was inspired yesterday. I was actually getting in the vibe and the mood to be interviewing you. I was uh, doing a little cleaning around the house yesterday. I had myself a nice little brandy Manhattan and was just rocking the Led Zeppelin and getting excited to uh, talk to my favorite guest of all time, Rob Reichel. Robbie, how was the long weekend for you, my friend? Good, good. I worked quite a bit, but uh, did some fun things too. And uh, man, it seems like forever ago, doesn't it? Once you're into that next week. So, you know, how, uh, how, how are things for you? You get on that boat? Rob, uh, she's going on the maiden voyage tonight. I bought the nice. trolling motor yesterday. I bought a deep cycle battery, got it all set up. She's ready to go, and I would love to take you out. In fact, have you ever heard of the legend named Dave from Monona? Oh, I think Dave was calling back in the days when I did a show in Madison, my friend, yes. Well, Dave, if people don't know, Dave, I think Dave, you do. He's Dave, blind. Dave is a longtime caller to shows in the Madison area. Yeah. Dave from Monona. Dave yeah. hit me up yesterday because he heard me on another sports show yesterday, and I was talking about my boat. Someone asked me about it. And Dave then messaged me saying that he wants on the boat and he wants to drive. And I told him, you know what, Dave, I'll do that for you. So Rob, when I do that, I also want you on the boat. Okay. Uh, He's blind. Rob, I'm questioning why. Maybe you and I just go once one time on our own or with our wives or something. (laughs) Maybe, maybe maybe you take a second trip with Dave. Uh, Rob, I'm questioning why he'd want to bring three legends on a boat to die instead of just two. (laughs) 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 Robbie, speaking of legends, the legend that is Aaron Rodgers, again, nowhere to be seen at Baggers OTAs. Mandatory minicamp begins, what, next Tuesday? It's Jordan Love out there. I saw on your Twitter account at Rob Reichel video of Jay Love. How is uh, everything looking for the right now quarterback one Jordan Love at Packers OTAs? Uh, you know, again, uh, they're throwing a lot at him. A lot of this is his first time because his reps and his snaps were low, obviously, a year ago, sitting not just behind Rodgers, but behind Tim Boyle. But, but Evo, I mean, I'll tell you what, the, the, kid, the kid throws a really nice football. It's got zip coming off his hands. It, it's tough to evaluate at this point in time because 
obviously there's it it it, it you're, you're not um, you know you're, you're not in pads you're not tackling you're you're you're, you're in shorts and things to that effect mm-hmm. um, and he doesn't have his top five wide receivers there which is a whole other story you know no no uh, no Devontae, no Lazard no MVS uh, no Funches and no Equinemia St. Brown so. Um, he, he's throwing to a lot of guys who won't be on the final roster at this point in time, Evo. So I know some people are making a big deal that he's checking it down a lot, this and that. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you what, when you go to your first read and your second read and your third read and everybody's covered, you should check it down. You're doing the right thing to check it down, and, and that's what he's doing. But I, I think overall early impressions uh, for what we're seeing here, you know, in, in June – Evo are, are encouraging. They, they are positive. We'll, we'll learn a lot more as the summer goes on. Is, is, is he ready to handle uh, things if you would have to put him in there on September 12th against the Saints? I, I don't know that answer at this point in time. That, that, that's what the summer is going to play itself out, and, and we're going to find out. But, but um, you know, my, my early impressions of him, Evo, from you know, a, a couple looks here in OTAs are that he's taken a nice jump. From uh, from a year ago, and and if he keeps this trend going upward, Evo, um, he might have a chance to be a player. Well, Rob, let me ask you about this. Then another quarterback, Blake Bortles. So we were listening to uh, Matt Lafleur's press conference yesterday, and it was. You know, when he was talking about Jordan Love, he didn't seem very confident. It seemed like you know a guy that was kind of searching for the right words to say to the. Usually candy-ass media up there. Not you, Rob Reichel, but the majority <laughs> of them up there uh, in Titletown. And then when he's talking about Blake Bortles, Matt LaFleur seemed very confident in the skill set of Blake Bortles. How was Blake Bortles looking in these OTAs? Evo, I, I want you to go and find some video today. They, they, they only let you shoot video, you know, for a limited amount of time yeah. at, at practice. So I, I wasn't able to get any of, of Bortles yesterday. Um, but other, others did, and, and you can probably see it on your local newscast at some point in time or, or find certain people's Twitter accounts who, who did take uh, video yesterday of Bortles and have the last couple of OTA practices. Evo, he has this remarkably odd hitch in his throw, and, and I want to go back and I'm going to do it at some point today and look at video of him in his time in Jacksonville versus now. Evo, when he goes to throw, instead of coming through with – you know, with, with just a nice, strong, fluid motion. He, his arm almost drops. There's this unique hitch before he throws the football, and it almost looks then like he's kind of winging its sidearm, like somebody just, just punched him in the shoulder or something like that, that he's, you know, that, 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 he, got, that he got clunked or something like that. It, it's this really odd hitch. Now, his, his balls, amazingly, have been reasonably accurate, and, um, you know, he, he's thrown an okay football, but that odd hitch he has, it kind of reminds me of, uh, if you remember when Aaron Rodgers first showed up and he had that odd, odd delivery coming from the Tedford School at Cal, and he was throwing up at his ear hole. Bortles isn't throwing that high, but he's got this just this odd hitch in his throw. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Evo, I would think it's concerning. I, again, I, I, I don't remember it being there his whole career. Now, I, I probably have only watched four Jacksonville Jaguar football games in my life to you know, to, to, to know exactly what Bortles looked like uh, back in 2016 or something like that. But but it's odd, Evo. I, I, I still contend if he's on the roster, and I think that's 50-50 at best, you know, he, he's a backup. I, I can't imagine um, they want to they wanna run him out there, at, you know, even the first four games of the yeah. year or something like that and, and turn it over to Love. 
you know, to your question, Evo, he looks okay. But, uh, you know, I, I, I think at the end of the day, you're, you're probably going to be looking at something like Rogers, Love, and a number three if they keep three, or potentially Love, whoever would come back in a trade for Rogers, whether that be, you know, a, a, a Derek Carr, a Teddy Bridgewater, a Tua, uh, a Tua from Miami, somebody like that is the two. I, I still don't really think Bortles, uh, it, it, if I had to pick a final roster today, Evo, I wouldn't put Bortles on okay. that roster. Um, but um, Would you put Aaron Rodgers on that again, roster? Again, again he, he looks okay. He's, he's a backup, no question at this point in his career, though. Rob, if you were picking a roster right now, would you put Aaron Rodgers on the roster? I don't think so, Evo. I, I, you know, we're looking at three scenarios, really, aren't we, that you know, n- number one, they're going to trade him here at, at some point in time. Number two, he just holds firm and, and doesn't show up. Um, so two of those three are, are obviously uh, – t- t- two of those options are obviously that, that he's not on the roster. And then the third is that they find a common ground. And, and again, Evo, we're, we're talking about a human being in, in Aaron Rodgers where I think, again, once you're kind of dead to him – there is no common ground to find, and, and I, I still just I go back over and over to, to the fact, is he going to forgive and forget? And, and again, I, I don't think, um, you know, I, I don't think Brian Gutekunst has anything necessarily to be, necessarily to be forgiven for, uh, for looking out for the best interest of this franchise down the road. I, I think he was doing his job extremely well, uh, but in Aaron Rodgers' mind, um, you know, there is an issue. There are issues of being forgiven, uh, of forgiving and forgetting. And and Evo, I just I don't think the odds are great. They're going to find that common ground where he's going to come back and 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 be a a, a, a happy uh, to a, a happy employee um, who, yeah. who's going to give them the level of production and performance that he has. The you know his first sixteen years inside that organization. I just. That, that, that I, I, I have a feeling, Evo, that they, they will hit a number of brick walls, almost like they did back in the summer of 08 with Brett Favre, and, and they just won't be able to get over those walls and those hurdles, and then the Packers are going to have to make one of two choices. They're going to either have to trade him or call his bluff and, and let him sit out, and, 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 and Evo, I, I do not think you know Rodgers is going to budge. If, if the Packers call his bluff and say, uh, stay home, retire, do whatever it is you want to do, uh, we're not trading you. I still don't think. I don't think Rogers is still walking through the door, Evo. So um, again, I, I give it maybe a twenty percent chance Man. that they can get this all resolved. But but again, Evo, I don't think the odds are great. Man, Rob Reichel joining us right now, Forbes dot com, Conley Media as well. So Robbie, we just had a comment here. Robbie's gloomy take on Rogers forces a man to drink. So, Rob, you got a guy drinking at 8.30 a.m. He's a Wisconsinite, though, so we don't fault him. But, Rob, <laughs> let me ask you this, brother. We'll, do, we'll change tune a little bit here. A.J. Dillon, we don't know much about A.J. Dillon. I know a lot of the reporters out there love to salivate over his big thighs and his, uh, his gluteus maximus. But, Rob, we have one game where he outrushed King Henry. A.J. Dillon dominated, uh, I mean, no, they don't play in the field at the same time, but when it comes to rushing the ball, A.J. Dillon was the monster on the field. Derrick Henry was not. So A.J. Dillon says yesterday that the Packers could have the best one-two tandem, the punch, if you will, of toting the rock of him and Aaron Jones. What do you think of that? I think he's dead right. I think he's spot on. I said it last year. I, I like Jamal Williams. He did a lot of things well for that team. But even last year, I thought Dylan was the superior player, and, and it was one of those situations. They were going to play the guy 
who was three, four years older and had been in the organization four years versus the rookie. And and you saw what Dylan could do, you know, in, in that game against Tennessee, where he was what a buck thirty or something like that, and a couple of touchdowns that he absolutely outplayed Derrick Henry on the other sideline. Now it wasn't apples to apples because the Packers had a big lead and Tennessee abandoned the running game at one point in time. But boy, that that kid certainly showed what 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 his future was like and uh, and and just how bright it is, Evo. I I agree with him wholeheartedly. I mean, Aaron Jones, we all know, is a top five guy. And and I had said all along, if if they had lost Jones and had to turn this thing over to Dylan, and then they probably would have drafted another running back or two uh, back in April, uh, A.J. Dylan would have been in the top five this year, I think, um, coming up in, in rushing yards. They, they would have had no problem giving him 20, 20 touches a game, 320 carries for the season. I mean, Evo, he would have been up in that. 13 to 1,500-yard range when it was all said and done. They now have the benefit of, of spreading those carries out, and, and and both of those guys will probably get between 12 and 18 carries a game if they you know would like to, and I know they would like to run the ball 30-plus times a game uh, this upcoming season. It's It's got a chance, Evo, to be a top three, a top five rushing offense. Um, obviously, the quarterback issue right now makes that a little bit trickier to predict exactly how because, you know, let, let, let's just say Jordan Love has to be your guy, and, and he's not totally ready. And, and the Packers see all these eight-man fronts, Evo, it's going to be a lot tougher to run the ball than it would be uh, with Rodgers, undoubtedly, who, you know, that, let, let's be honest, teams are going to play nickel and dime 60 70% of the time against Green Bay when, when Rodgers is the guy in that situation. It becomes a lot easier to run the football. But, but Evo, I mean, trending forward, you know, over the next three, four years, that's what Matt LaFleur wants to do. Yeah. He wants to become a run-first operation here with, with this football team, and and he's got two absolute studs, I think, to potentially go ahead and do it. So, no, I I think it's got a chance, Evo, to be the best uh, duo Green Bay has had in, in, in many, many years. And I think Jones and Williams was very good, but it's got a chance to be even better than that one. All right, Robbie, one last Packer question for you, man. So, um, you know, with a good run game, you would imagine I need you need a solid offensive line. David Bakhtiari, I was watching video of him. He's, like, dancing around, doing one-legged hops on, you know, both legs. Uh, he's obviously tore that ACL. It was the final nut kick of the nut kick continuum of 2020 as it happened, uh, what, December 31st. How was uh, David Bakhtiari doing? I hear they keep saying that he might be ready to open up the season. Is that true? Is that believable? Well, I mean, it was certainly encouraging, I think, from a Packer perspective to see him out there yesterday. He was working with his, his teammates, certainly not in, in any kind of uniform or anything like that, but he was out there giving tips and almost as almost serving as an assistant coach, Evo. And, and no, he was fluid and moved well. I mean, he, he got done with his rehab inside the Hudson Center and and joined his team out on the on the field. I, I think it was a surprise for a, for a lot of people to see him not just moving but moving as well as he did. Now, now again, coming back from that injury and, and goofing around on a practice field in June, Evo <laughs> is, is a lot different than, than trying to block the New Orleans Saints on on September twelfth, which is which is what he would be asked to do. I, I still go back and and say I you know Green Bay's medical staff and their doctors uh, always lean toward conservative. You're talking about a guy who you have a ton of money invested in over the next four or five years, um, and you, you're, you're thinking long term. You're you're thinking you have 80, maybe 96, 112 games, you know, left with David Bakhtiari. You know, five, six, seven seasons at at 16, 17 games a year, Evo. So that 
they're not going to be all that concerned. I think if he misses the first month, but, but the early signs are certainly encouraging. Um, he, he, you know, Lafleur said in his presser yesterday that Bakhtiari's ahead of where they thought he would be. Uh, it seems you hear that with all these players and, and things to that effect. Now, September 12th, Evo would only be about nine months since he tore that thing. It's, it's not impossible, but but that would be an awfully quick recovery to ask him to jump back in there and, and go. I, I still think, Evo, if I had to lay a dollar, he might miss three, four games to, to start the year. But um, from what we've seen yesterday, it's, it's certainly a better possibility than I would have given it, say, back in the spring. Rob, we thank you for your time, man. And before I let you go, a little birdie did tell me, and I'm sorry that it didn't come to fruition, but you actually were in second when it comes to the new athletic director for Wisconsin. Instead, they chose Chris McIntosh. But, Robbie, instead, we'll keep following along on Forbes.com, Conley Media. We were really rooting for you to be the new AD, but I guess it's Chris McIntosh's time in the sun, okay? Hey, they made a pretty good choice. I, I like where that I like where that uh, athletic department is going with Big Mac. Great hire. I love it. Robin, great interview as always. We'll talk to you next Thursday, my friend. All right. See you, pal. See you, Thanks. buddy. There is Rob Reichel. Follow him on Twitter, Forbes.com, Conley Media. Good stuff from Robbie. I'm a bow person. This guy's the GOAT at talking and covering Wisconsin sports. Our sports director, Zach Heilprin, Diamond Hands Heilprin. What's up, Zachy? How are we doing today? Doing good. Fantastic. Yeah, I mean, do we buy the dip right now, Zach? Just real quick, do we? Do I buy the dip? I won't say anything else besides ask you that. Do I buy the dip? I would not, but that's up to you. Okay, um, just entertainment purposes only, Zach. Right. Something that happened yesterday was this the worst kept secret in the room that Chris McIntosh would be named the new athletic director, or was this you know they did their due diligence and found the right guy? Just happened to be someone in house. Are you cynical, Evo? Naturally. And- would you say I'm cynical? I don't know. I think your partner there is. So I think your partner probably thought that as soon as this job went up, it was Chris McIntosh's. And I think a lot of people probably would I, agree with him. I, I'm not really cynical, Zach. I'm more of uh, I'm more of the positive. I do throw some sarcasm out there. But I'm more yeah. of a, when I saw that the job opening and Alvarez was stepping down, I did assume that it would be Chris McIntosh's job. Yes. And it turned out to be that way. Now they did put... Uh, the effort into finding some other candidates. And I think, I do really think that Rebecca Blank wanted to have a process that gave her a a number of different choices, but she also had a lot of pressure on her to not mess with what's working and what has been working. And that was to get a guy that understands what Wisconsin is. And Chris McIntosh certainly does that. Grew up in the state, played for the Badgers, has now been back for seven years within the athletic department. And yeah, they didn't, she said that uh, people told her don't mess with Wisconsin. Um, and uh, they said that in a number of different ways. And it turned out that he was the best person with the qualities that they were looking for for the job. Now, do you think it's a little strange that there were only yeah. 35 applicants to this job, according to Rebecca Blank? Well, no, I think there were probably a lot of people that thought like you did and thought like many did that it was a foregone conclusion as to who was going to end up getting the job. But I think there's also the idea that you know, uh, there's not how many people are qualified to actually do the job. You know what I mean? Like how many people are qualified enough in their own mind outside of Rowdy that think they could actually do the job and do it well. I don't know if there's, you know, that many people um, that also thought they had a chance 
that we're going to go ahead and, and throw their hat in the well, ring. Well, Zach, there's a lot of people that maybe would want to throw their hat in the ring just for that salary and you know the yeah. money they would make, and then eventually yeah. get sniffed out that they weren't qualified and be like, well, I just made a, a, a mint anyway, so yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll see myself out. Right. Yeah, no, that's... Yes. I think that there were a lot of qualified candidates. I think Beth Getz, the Ball State AD, was, was probably the other one that had the best chance of getting it, but... You know, Chris McIntosh is, is a don't-rock-the-boat candidate, and he's more than qualified to do the job. Um, we'll see. He's, he's, the thing is, he's got such huge shoes to fill in terms of personality and, um, you know, accomplishments that, that Barry was. I mean, he has, to get to his office, he has to walk past the past two ADs, right? <laughs> I was going to bring that up, yes. <laughs> he has to walk past Pat Richter and Barry Alvarez to get into Kellner Hall there, uh, I guess, depending on which way you want to go in. But, yeah, yeah that's, it's, it's a tough tough uh those are some tough shoes to fill well when you walk into your office zach the only statue you have to pass by is a, a bucky on parade statue and it's the one of the band director buckies should i yeah, have well, should i get yeah, my man. own statue made up and put it to uh the right side of your office because bucky's I, to I, your I, left yeah i was gonna say your aura i have to walk past all the time <laughs> and just the gravitas <laughs> that you hold within that building and within Madison, it's, it's it's a very tough thing to deal with on a daily it totally basis, I'll be honest. <laughs> so, Zach, I had a question from one of my listeners, and they're like, do you really think that Barry Alvarez is not going to be in the ear of Chris McIntosh? I know, I know it's all conjecture and hearsay, but do you still think that Don is going to be involved kind of you know, on the outside uh, in this athletic department as he is in quote-unquote retirement? I think he's there for McIntosh whenever he needs him, but he's retiring for a reason. He doesn't want to do it anymore. You know what I mean? Like, he doesn't want to have that. Now, he is more than happy, I'm sure, to give advice when needed, but I don't, this isn't, like, this is the whole thing, like, uh, the whole idea that he was still running the football program. People thought he was still running the football program, even though Paul Curse is the head coach. And it's just, just because of who he is. And that just isn't the case. You know, it just wasn't the case. And I don't think that'll be the case here either. I, I do think he'll have uh, advice for Mac whenever he needs it and whenever he asks for it, but I don't think he'll be, you know, putting his nose into every little thing. Oh, that's not a bad uh, thing, right? That's a good thing. No. Yeah. No, it's 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 a great thing. It's yeah. a great thing to have somebody there that you trust that means so much to you to be able to lean on if you need them. Zach Halpern, our sports director, joining us right now. So, Zach, in that press conference yesterday, uh, you know, I was following along on your Twitter account at Zach Halpern, and, uh, you know, I was chuckling at your tweet, like, I'm sold on Chris McIntosh, and mm-hmm. then you had the clip of him. But before that, you had tweeted out about a full Camp Randall Stadium, hopefully on September 4th against Penn State. Is that the plan then for Chris McIntosh to have a full 100% capacity? Yeah, and he's been the one that's been handling that the last, what, five or six months uh, since it was kind of looking like this is going to be a possibility. And I, I think he just doesn't want to give people a guarantee. But the way that everything else is happening, right, with the Brewers going to full capacity later this month, the Bucks full capacity in like in an indoor arena, like I just don't see any way in which Wisconsin is not full this fall. Like unless there is – yeah, I, I mean, unless Love there's it. something else we're seeing that we're not looking at right now, I just I can't see how it's not just based on everything else that's happening within the state. I mean, the Packers are going to be 100% capacity. Let's talk about the other two teams. Like it would be weird if the if the Badgers weren't. What a move! As your first, uh, you know, thing for athletic director is you make sure that it's 100% capacity for Camp Randall. I, I'm already sold sure. on the guy. I'm sold. Sold, Zach. Should have announced it yesterday. Should have thrown that out yesterday and be like, yeah, just let you know, uh, my first act is going to be. Every person that wants to be in the stadium that has a ticket can be there on 
September 4th, right, Penn State. I'm commissioning, I'm commissioning a statue to be made in honor of Chris McIntosh right now. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going to place it. I think Rowdy suggested maybe in front of the door, in between, you know, <laughs> Richter and Alvarez. So we'll, <laughs> right, we'll figure yeah. something out, but I'll get a, a statue commissioned. Zach, on the field, how about this? The Badgers get a transfer, and it was, what, Ches Malusi, the Chaz new running Nate. back? Four-star yeah. recruit. He's, he what, 5'11"? Is he 200 pounds if... Memory serves you're doing a good job. Yeah, you're doing a I don't have it up in front of me. I'm trying to – this is all uh-huh. off the dome. Yeah. No, Rowdy can uh-huh. vouch. But, Zach, what does this mean for the <laughs> running backs room? Is uh, Jalen Berger going to be the number one and him the number two? Or, like, how do you see this panning out? A little chess burger there for, uh, for yeah. Wisconsin. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a little che- uh, Chester cheese burger? Yeah. 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 yeah well, I'll work I, on I that. Think, I, I think – he now has like of all the running backs, you know, if he even even if he take in put in the fullbacks, he has more yards than the rest of them combined. Uh, Chesma Lucy does. And he only has 427 yards. Um, actually, I don't know about the fullback part, but if you t- take the running backs in that room, the other eight running backs in that room, he has more yards than them combined. So that is what you're getting. You're getting some experience. You're getting a guy who's played at, at a really high level at Clemson in terms of competition. Um, was a backup to Travis Etienne uh, the past couple of years. I don't know exactly what his role is going to be, but I'd be I'd be hard to believe that they're bringing him in to sit him behind some other guys, right? Like I think it's going to be him and Jalen Burr at the top of that. And they have they've added. He's one of five running backs they've added to that room since last fall, and uh, so they are throwing a lot of bodies at <laughs> at the position. It kind of reminds you, like uh, some, sometimes when you like have a draft pick that you, you you're going like back in 1998. After Randy Moss tore the Packers up, they drafted three corners um, <laughs> in the first few rounds of that draft because they had to throw a lot of bodies at it. And so this this is kind of like that. They they dealt with a bunch of injuries last year, had almost zero running backs in the spring, and so they're throwing a bunch of bodies at it. And Chez is going to be one of them, and I think uh, he's going to probably play. Um, I don't know about a big role, but a, a, I think he's going to have a significant role. So. <sighs> I, I was talking about this a little bit with our guy Ben Kenny over here because you know his, he follows the Badgers well with his Lockdown Badgers podcast. But I know the the true the the what are we the doing here? no what no are we no, doing? no no what check, check, check check this out check this out. I was going somewhere. Yeah, let me finish here. But the premier podcast, the one yeah. there's like a Mount Rushmore, but this is like above Mount Rushmore. This overshadows everything. Everyone else is just living in the shadow of the camp. Zach Heilprin's podcast. So I was transitioning to, you know, bow down to the camp, Zach Halpern's podcast, and I see that did you catch up with a new wide receiver coming in to Wisconsin? I actually caught up with a couple of guys in the last couple of podcasts. Miles Burkett, the 2022 uh, quarterback, the only what commit are we doing right here? now. What are we doing here? Yeah, the only, the only quarterback, uh, or I should say the only commit in the 2022 class, so that's probably going to change here in the next few weeks. Uh, so that was last Friday's podcast. Also caught up with John McNamara from BadgerBliss.com talking about what a huge month of recruiting it is going to be for the Badgers. Um, and then, yeah, I also caught up with Skylar Bell this week, the uh, wide receiver out of Connecticut. He's going to be on campus. He actually hasn't actually been inside the football facilities yet. Uh, he, he has not met any of the coaches in person because they weren't allowed to. And so uh, he and the rest of the 2021 class are going to be coming on campus here in the next uh, week or so. And, uh, yeah, we did. And then also me and Jesse chatted about uh, – uh, Chris McIntosh and Chesma Lucy, and also Saeed Khalif, the director of player personnel, leading as well. It was a 
been a busy few uh, shows the last couple uh, last week or so. Well, I mean, yeah, everyone wants Clamoring to be on. I just, uh, I'm just in awe of it, Zach. That's why I love the camp, and I can't wait for the swing to be get going underway too. I know we have some big news coming up for uh, both of those podcasts, but uh, let's talk specifically here about the camp and you know the guys you've caught up with. So, looking at Wisconsin. With it crowded, is it crowded in that backfield with all of those guys coming in, or will it all sort itself out through camp with guys moving positions? Because there's a lot of names now that want to tote yeah. the rock for Wisconsin. I think it's. I think there's certainly potential moves down the line. The, the one guy that I think everyone is interested to watch is, is Braylon Allen, who is the state defensive player of the year. Uh, he's a safety slash linebacker, and everyone thought that he that was going to be his spot, but he tore it up in the spring at running back for Fond du Lac, who went undefeated and. He was really, really good, and so they had a chat with him, and he ended up. Uh, they ended up saying, you know what, we'll start you at running back and see where you go. He's 240 pounds. He's not exactly a burner by any stretch. Kind of reminds me of what Alec Ingold was kind of coming in. I think he's more athletic than Alec at this point, but he's a guy that they're going to see what he's got. If he doesn't, I think he ends up eventually on defense. He's just such a good. He's just got such good instincts on that side of the ball, but they're going to give him a shot at running back. Again, it's just a matter of what you dealt with last year where you were you know, Brady Shipper at one point, and there's nothing wrong with, uh, with uh, safeties that had to go back to running back in the middle of the year getting the ball, but you certainly don't want to do that on a regular basis. And I think uh, Braylon Allen and these other three running backs come in are going to get a shot initially there and then potentially, uh, you know, maybe move guys elsewhere. What's the biggest question coming into the season, like, as a whole for Wisconsin? What's, like, the one that you're, like, unsure of right now? Will the real Graham Mertz please stand up? Is that all it is? It is. I think it's got to be right. I, I think I think they're stacked. I think with experience and talent, wide receiver, they've got a All Big Ten tight end. Their offensive line, uh, another year together, and some of the young guys getting on the field that we all really want to see. And then you know, running back room that has talent. If there's you know a little bit of experience, and then on defense, you bring back just a ton of guys that were made plays last year. So again, it's it's Graham Murph. Can he be the guy that we think he is? Uh, he was out the QB retreat this past weekend. Um, with all these other top quarterbacks in the country. And it's not like it's a competition or anything, but he apparently did quite well out there. So um, has uh, put on some weight, throwing the ball pretty well. It is. Can he be the guy that we all think he is? And if he is, then Wisconsin has a shot not just to win the Big Ten West, but to challenge Ohio State for the Big Ten. And whoever wins the Big Ten is getting in the playoff. Zach, I just chuckle when we always like think about or, or talk about you know, quarterbacks when they're going to these camps and they're winning camps and doing all this because do you remember <laughs> yes, the last Alex time Hunter, we yes, were I sold do. this bill of hey, goods yep. about hey. a Manning yep. camp and then he came back in 2000 and uh, what was it? 18. 18 and yeah, it looked like he won every camp for sure. Well, just keep it again. That's from... why I said that's, that's why I said this wasn't a competition or anything. I, they just said he was throwing the ball well. And uh, his pedigree is just slightly higher, well, slightly higher than just, Alex Hornibrook. Zach, I know um, you have nothing to do with this, but let's just say, let's hope Mertz doesn't have any wandering eyes. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think yeah. he hits up pubs too often. Well, you'd be pleasantly surprised sometimes, Rowdy. All right, Zach. Yeah. Uh-huh. He was there He was there yesterday. Though. Would he you was, say Graham Mertz he... has a little spring in his step? Sure. Love it. All right, Zach, before I let you go, this is the question, the hardest-hitting question that uh, I was saving for last because it, it's, it's shooken me to my core. Yellow, shooketh, shooketh, shookethin, shooketh, shooken, shaken, shaken. You got it, got it. You got it, good, sorry. Yellow field goal posts mm. at Camp Randall Stadium? Do we think someone was colorblind and they just were... What, like, what, what's going on here? I don't know. Yes, they've had white goal posts for as long as I can remember. What's with the and, yellow? Uh, I don't know. 
I don't know, but they that was one change that has been made to Camp Randall. I'm sure everyone will notice it. Chris McIntosh, is Chris McIntosh back on notice maybe, now? Maybe they changed it to yellow because since Gaglianoni graduated, the kickers have had trouble um, finding it. Finding it. Mm, that's probably a good. That's probably a good point. Uh, maybe it's easier to see. Uh, I don't know. It's yeah. I don't know. I was hoping for some clarity here. My prediction but yeah. says they're going to make a little bit higher of a field goal percentage this year. Zach, we yeah. lo- we obviously love and worship and everything involved with bowing down to your podcast of the camp. Don't get that twisted at all. But can but, we have a special edition of the yellow field goal post? we got to get to the bottom of this. <laughs> Gosh darn it. I remember Now I remember what I wanted to talk about yesterday. should have led the podcast with it. Well, I- no time like the present. Get Jesse on. He's probably doing his hair right now or uh, feeding his kid. Tell him to put the pomade down, the hair gel, and get on for a special edition of the camp, yellow goalpost edition. Okay? Will do. All, All right. right. We appreciate good. your time, brother. All right. See you, man. What are we doing here? Oh, by the way, buy the dip. See you, see you buddy. Nope. Oh, he's buying the dip. He's gone. What are we doing here?